0: Hello and welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, streaming live from Queens, New York. We're really glad that you decided to join us today. Whether you're a member, attend regularly, or this is your first time with us, we want to let you know we appreciate you. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Amen. Good morning. Welcome to the Journey. Another special happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers here. All of our mothers joining us online as well. Uh, I know my mother might be, so happy Mother's Day, Mom, if you are. Um, but thank you guys so much for joining us today. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, as you can tell, I have a little head cold, so you guys bear with me in that. Um, but I'm excited. Last week, uh, we, we kicked off a brand new series called The Beginning, talking about the story of the early church, the very first church, and going through the book of Acts to learn it, and so we talked last week uh, just about how the early church came together. How the disciples, despite having walked with Jesus, still hadn't fully gotten on the same page with God. Right? They were still focused on physical, uh, temporary things on earth. But Jesus was trying to change their mindset, bring them over to this eternal way of thinking. This this uh, way of thinking that goes beyond what they see and know here. Today, we talked about how their God given mission was to be witnesses, and how that carries over to us today that we are called to be witnesses of what God has done and what God is doing, but that we can't be witnesses to something that we haven't witnessed, or else we'd just be storytellers. And so we are called today to be witnesses of what Jesus is still continuing to do today. What he's doing in your life today is the story that you are uh, called to tell. That is what your witness is. You get to witness about Jesus based on what Jesus has done in your life. And so we, we want to live lives that are on mission in that way. And today we're going to continue talking about the early church. We're going to talk about the, the role of the disciples in it a little, but more importantly, we're going to talk about the power that was behind the disciples and behind what they did. And well, let's jump back in, in Acts chapter one. Uh, as we talked about, we read this verse last week, but I want to highlight a different part of it. In verse 7, it says, Jesus replied, the father alone has the authority to set those times and dates, referring to the disciples asking if this was the time that Jesus was going to restore the kingdom of Israel. And he said, and they are not for you to know, but verse 8, but you will receive, what is that word? Power right? I, I feel like we're all awake today. I feel like we have a good bit. Of time. I, I want a good pa- Mother's Day power uh, when we read this. If you guys can give me a little feedback. So we, but you will receive power. Good. You guys sound good today. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, in Judea, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of of the earth. And so we see in this book of Acts, uh, Jesus mentions the Holy Spirit multiple times actually, and that's important, right? He, he mentions it throughout his time on earth and in the beginning of this book, because we know if Jesus is going to mention something, it's important to pay attention to. It. If he repeats it, he's, he's emphasizing it. So anytime you see that in scripture, we want to dig in more. So he mentions the Holy Spirit a few different times. It seems like the Holy Spirit is a massive piece to this puzzle of the kingdom of heaven that Jesus says is coming to earth. So it's important for us to take, I think right now, a step back and take a look at who the Holy Spirit is, right? Who is the Holy Spirit? Where did he come from? What, what does this whole thing look like? Well, first off, I think it's important to note that the Holy Spirit is a person and not a thing, right we, we sometimes flip that because we refer to him as the holy spirit and so it seems like you know our pronouns are a little off and he's a thing in that but the truth is the holy spirit is a person right and and uh, his time with the disciples, when Jesus was conveying to the disciples this, this concept of unity with the Father and being one with the Father and, and briefing on the Trinity uh, is, is the churchy word for it. He tells the disciples, don't you understand that I am in the Father and the Father is in me and we will be in you. And so what he's doing is explaining there is unity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit is God himself. The portion, the, the form of God that lives within us. The form that when we believe in Jesus comes and makes his home with us. And so the Holy Spirit is a person, not necessarily a thing, right? And and I think that's important because sometimes I even catch myself in my interactions with the Holy Spirit, in my interactions with God as I, I'm growing or I'm learning. I find myself in this train of thought like, okay, well, how do I get the Holy Spirit to... All right, how do I get the Holy Spirit to give me some fruit, right? A fruit of the Holy Spirit. How do I get that fruit? Or how do I do this with the Holy Spirit? And the truth is, if you're wanting to know the way the Holy Spirit works, you get to know God because he is God. And that if you know God, if you're following Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit. You believe in Jesus. You have the Holy Spirit within you. You know the Holy Spirit. And so if you're looking to learn more about him, it's it's learning about him as you would another person. If you had somebody in your life that you say, I don't know that much about that person, you would you would get to know that person. And being the Holy Spirit is, then you can do that in the same way. And so where did the Holy Spirit come from, right? This this Trinity, where did that begin? Now I'm going to take us back actually to the beginning, uh, not of this chapter and not even necessarily of the book of Acts, but the beginning of the Bible. And when I say the beginning I mean the very beginning. Verse 1, chapter 1 in the book of Genesis. This is where God is creating everything. It's the account of the creation story, uh, the biblical account of the beginning of our existence. In Genesis chapter 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And then check out this second part to verse 2. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. So we see before Jesus even promised the disciples that they would receive this gift of the Holy Spirit, and before even the prophecies of the Holy Spirit had been made for Israel, before there even was an Israel, and before there even was mankind, the Holy Spirit was the Holy Spirit being God was there in this creation story of the earth. And the look as we continue on how God refers to himself when creating us as humans in verse 26. It says, then God said, let us make human beings, referring in a plural sense, let us, this holy trinity working, make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And see, I I love this fact right here of knowing that the Holy Spirit has been around since before we were born right? Not only before we were born, but before humans were designed. The Holy Spirit was there in the process of creating the human being, right? The design that we are today, how we function, both physically and mentally and emotionally, the Holy Spirit was there in the beginning. And you see, I think this is so important for us to know because it's a matter of identity, There are so many times when we're going through life, and you might feel lost, you might feel confused, you might be looking at yourself and saying, all of these years, why haven't I been able to do that, or why haven't I been able to give up that, or why am I still angry, or why am I, we find so much confusion sometimes with ourselves and with mankind. I think it's important to know the Holy Spirit gets it. God understands you and I because he created us. He was there in the beginning. Check out this verse in 1 Corinthians. It's chapter 2, verse 10. And I love this. Paul is encouraging the church of the Corinthians, and he says, But it was to us that God revealed these things by his Spirit. For his Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so that we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. Paul is describing this mystery here of, of this God living in us, this Holy Spirit. Saying that this Holy Spirit begins to know you and knows God because it is God. And so we begin to develop this understanding of God through the Holy Spirit. It says that He is able to make God's thoughts known to us. How incredible is that? That we can have the thoughts of God available to us through the Holy Spirit. But it also works the reverse way, too that the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, testifies with our spirit when we believe in God, that this is a child of God, this is a son or a daughter of God. And then we'll see also he he becomes an advocate, this in-between God and us, saying, hey, I know my son here, I know the Father, this is true. And so we get this, this connection with God through the Holy Spirit, one that's been there long before we even were a thought. Before humans, mankind themselves were even designed. And So the Holy Spirit is old, right? The Holy Spirit is God. He's been around for a long time. We're also told that the Holy Spirit is an advocate for us, like I mentioned. And that's important because as mankind, we lack what is required to be with God on our own. Right? The sin that we've developed, we, we can't access God on our own. And so Jesus came. Jesus created a way. He conquered sin and death. And then he even says to his disciples, I am leaving you, but I will give you the Holy Spirit as almost a placeholder, as me with you now. And so today, while we don't get to walk with Jesus, we have God, the Spirit of Jesus, as Romans 8 says, living within us acting as an advocate. Look at how Jesus puts it in John chapter 14. He replies to his disciples, "All who love me will do what I say. They will obey my commands. My Father will love them and we will make our come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember that my words are not my own. What I am telling you is from the Father who sent me. I am telling you these things now While I am still with you, verse 26, but when the father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything that I have told you. So Jesus com- comforts the disciples in this moment. This is this is really uh, in John chapter fourteen, the moment right before Jesus is crucified. This is his his last speech, his last sermon to the disciples before he's crucified at the Last Supper, and he's encouraging them. He even understands that they don't fully get what he's saying; they're not on the same page yet. But he says, "I'm with you now, but when I'm not." I'll still be with you. I'm sending you this Holy Spirit. I am sending you this free gift of God who will be an advocate for you, between you and God. Be an advocate for you. And he will teach you, Jesus says. He will teach you all things and he will remind you of what I've told you about here on earth. And the Holy Spirit does the same thing for us today. The Holy Spirit begins to teach us. The Holy Spirit guides us into truth. The Holy Spirit reminds us of what Jesus has said. If if you read scripture and you're learning about Jesus and you're, you're understanding scripture, today in 2022 in your life, there will be moments where the Holy Spirit will remind you of a scripture, will remind you of something Jesus said, will remind you of truth that God has spoken to you. And so we jump back into our story in Acts chapter 2. I'm going to read it out of my Bible. We don't have it on the screen, so you can just follow along. And if you were reading in your Bible or the Bible app, it is uh, Acts chapter 2, right in the beginning. We're picking back up this story after Jesus has ascended into heaven, right? The disciples were there, and then Jesus says, you stay here until I give you the Holy Spirit, until the gift of the Holy Spirit comes, and then you will be my witnesses. And so we're in that in-between time here in Acts chapter 2. It says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in other tongues or other languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. That's important to this part of the story. Jews from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered. Because each one was hearing them speak, these disciples speak, in their very own language. Verse 7, and they were amazed and astonished, saying, are not all of those who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us, each of us hears in his own native tongue? Parthians and Medes and Eliamites and residents of Mesopotamia, he goes on to list all of the different nationalities that are represented at this day of Pentecost. And this says, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? I love this in verse thirteen. But others were mocking. And they said, ah, they're just filled with some, some wine, some new wine, right? It's 9 o'clock in the morning at this point, but they're like, they're just really drunk. That's how they're doing it. I don't know about you, but if you know of a wine that when you drink it, you can speak other languages, pass it my way. I will make money off of that. I will sell. That sounds like some magical wine to me. Verse 14, but Peter, standing with the other 11, lifted up his voice and addressed the men and said, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophets. And Peter goes on to explain more and more. He, he refers back to several different passages of scripture where the Holy Spirit was prophesied and was predicted And he begins to reinforce these thoughts, these understandings that the Jews had had previously. See, all of these Jews represented from different nationalities, different nations. The day of Pentecost was the day where people celebrated. It was a feast. And so Jews from all over would come to Jerusalem for this day. And so they are all here, hearing in their native language all of these wonders about God. And Peter takes a minute to be like, everything you knew everything you heard of through the prophets, everything you've believed, this is it. What you're witnessing right now is actually it happening. This is what you have expected. He also reminds them, like, hey, listen, the Jews, we we sent Jesus to the cross, right? He says, the Jews who didn't believe in Jesus, you guys are the ones who sent Jesus to the cross. And it says that they were cut to the heart. We pick up in verse 36, or I'm sorry, in verse uh, 30, and he says, uh, 37, sorry, I lost my place, and it says, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the holy spirit so real simple ending to this complex story of the the holy spirit coming down and the disciples speaking in other languages and and all of these jews who had heard these prophecies who had weren't there with jesus but had heard of him in some ways are now understanding that this is the promised Holy Spirit outpouring that they were waiting for. And, and Peter lays it out for them. They say, what do we need to do? What do we do to experience this? What, what is the connection between where we are and where the, all of this crazy Holy Spirit stuff is happening? And Peter says it's simple. Believe in Jesus. Repent. Be baptized. Come into the faith. And you will receive this free gift of the Holy Spirit. There's nothing that you have to do to purchase, to to award in. There's no standard you have to hit. It's believe in Jesus. Confess, admit that you're a sinner. And that belief is the gift of the Holy Spirit that we receive. And so we see that the Holy Spirit we know is a person. We know that the Holy Spirit is a free gift that we don't have to earn or or be rewarded it or have to meet a certain standard in order to attain it but what we also see here in this chapter is is this incredible story of the holy spirit empowering the disciples and the apostles to speak other languages I always found this fascinating, and and when you look at it in a grand concept of what was going on, it makes sense, right? All of these Jews from all over the world at that time were here in one place. And so this miracle that happens, this incredible supernatural thing happens, where each of them are able to understand this truth about Jesus, this truth about the Holy Spirit that is being poured out now for those who believe— and are able to take it back to their nations, back to where they are. And the gospel of Jesus begins to spread very early on. So we can understand that in concept on the, the larger scale, the macro scale. But let's take a step into what actually happens internally. See, supernatural, yes. hundred percent people speaking in other languages is a supernatural event. But today, in the 21st century... We know where language comes from, right? It comes from our brain. It comes from our thoughts. Language is just thought spoken. And so what we see in a physiological sense is the Holy Spirit came in and influenced the thoughts of the disciples, the thoughts of the apostles. The, the thoughts were made new. And you see, that's, that is a key of what the Holy Spirit does in us today, You see, the Holy Spirit begins to transform our mind. It begins to bring truth into our mind. It begins to utter and speak things into our heart that we we can testify and know are true. The Holy Spirit is a guide for us in our daily living. One story of this uh, that that comes to mind, last year, my brother uh, was actually, I have a younger brother. He's uh, almost two years younger than me. Uh, He lives out in Iowa with his family. Uh, And last February, he was on his way to work, and he was in a terrible accident. He was on a two-lane road in the middle of a blizzard, uh, and a girl in high school just slipped. Her car ended up careening uh, into the center divide, and they ended up hitting head on at like 50 miles an hour. Uh, And he had a punctured lung. He was pretty messed up. But when he came to, he was knocked out. When he came to, his entire driver's side of his car was completely crushed in, uh, and his window, his door wouldn't open. He was in pain, but he began to panic. And so he started trying to kick out the window of his driver's side because his door wouldn't open And my brother is a believer, and in this moment, felt the Holy Spirit utter to him in just such a clear voice that that very morning told me, Bobby, it wasn't my own. He heard, your passenger door is open. And he just kind of came to, and he went, scooted over to his passenger side, and he got out of his car. And as he began to start walking just a little bit, in this blizzard of not being able to see a semi-truck, came right down the other lane, right where he would have jumped out of that car on his driver's side. And so there's this concept that the Holy Spirit gives thought, that the Holy Spirit knows truth, that the Holy Spirit wants to intervene for us, that works for our good. I love what it says in John chapter 16, verse 13. Jesus is speaking about this Holy Spirit. He says the Spirit of truth is how he refers to him here. In verse 13, he says, When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. And so if you believe in, the, in Jesus, you have this Holy Spirit, this spirit of truth. And so what we see is your thoughts begin to get transformed. Transformed. Right, Paul in in 1 Corinthians talks about how it's important for us to take captive the thoughts of our mind and to make them submissive to those of Jesus Christ. So what does that actually mean? What that means is God is calling us to take the effort to pay attention to what we're thinking, to pay attention to the thoughts that are running through our mind, especially in those moments where we find we're angry or sad or lost or frustrated. Are your thoughts telling you you're you're screwed? There's no way you're getting out of this. Your thoughts tell you you're hopeless. You've been in this your entire life. There's no way this is going to change. See, Paul encourages us and tells us, take those thoughts captive and submit them to Jesus. Submit them to the spirit of truth. Because then when we do that, we begin to, combining it with scripture that we're reading, we begin to replace those thoughts in our mind and we begin to see change in our thoughts. The Holy Spirit begins to come in and give us new thought. With that truth comes a change in behavior. See, when you change the way you think, you're then more empowered to change the way you act. And it seems so simple in concept, and it is so easy. Otherwise, all of us would be living exactly how we wanted our entire lives. It is a difficult process. We're battling the flesh. We're battling sin. We're battling our humanity. But Jesus tells us we are not doing it alone. We have the Holy Spirit to walk through that with us. And so we have this spirit of truth that he tells us, and he says, "I will." the spirit of truth, it says, but whatever he hears from God, he will speak. And so we believe, if you believe that God is truth, then we have this connection, we have this go-between, in a sense, between God and us, filtering out the thoughts of our mind, filtering out the junk that we may think or the things that this world may continue to tell us, and replacing it with truth that leads us to an everlasting life. And so the disciples in this moment are explaining this to those that are here. They're explaining to them, all you have to do to receive this truth, to have this change in your thought process, is believe in Jesus and to repent. And then we see, I love this, in verse 42. We see how this begins to develop the church we see how this begins to change the way that the church is right up front. In verse 42, it says, And they devoted, these, these men who came to believe in Jesus, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. Scripture even tells us that after this this mass event at Pentecost, that 3,000 people were added to the church that day. That in one day, through that power of the Holy Spirit, 3,000 Jews came to believe in Jesus in that moment in that day and began to live and exist in this thing called the church this thing that Jesus referred to as his body something so personal and 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 so intense that it is it, he he equated it to what he was and everything the disciples could see at that time he says this is my body that is broken for you and so the disciples have this opportunity to begin teaching the early church about Jesus and begin to, in the power of the Holy Spirit, proclaim the mysteries of God, to proclaim and and connect all of these prophecies and all of these scriptures to what was being experienced today. And as we go, as we wrap up today, I want to encourage you that the Holy Spirit is a very personal part of our our walk today. See, over the next few weeks, we'll be taking a look at this early church, how the Holy Spirit's power influenced it and created it, how it continued to do, God continued to do miracles through the Holy Spirit, miracles that were seen at Jesus's time, the dead being raised, the sick being healed, witness and testimonies were created, the Holy Spirit began to work and and create up the church. But the Holy Spirit, as we see here, moves in two big arenas. He moves in the church, and he moves in us personally. The Bible says that we are the temple of God, that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That now that God has come to earth, broken this barrier that was held by sin between God and man, there being no boundary now, the Holy Spirit dwells within us. We've read that verse that says He, the Father and the Spirit will come make their home with us. And so we have this opportunity of hosting God with us today. And I want to encourage you that if you're here and, and the Holy Spirit is a concept, maybe you've heard in church, maybe you've been in church but just hadn't been taught on a lot, or maybe you've come from a very charismatic background where it was so much of the Holy Spirit and you were enveloped in, in, your, in the teaching of that church, wherever you're coming from today, I want to encourage you to take time and to really uh, decompress what this means with God. Who is the Holy Spirit to you right now? What, based on what you know of the Holy Spirit, based on this guiding force of truth that we are, we are given with this free gift how does that affect and change your life today? And if you're here today and your response is, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know a lot about this Holy Spirit. That's okay. That is completely okay. But begin to get to know him as you would another person. Spend time with God, asking God, God, show me the Holy Spirit in my life. Because the Holy Spirit, I believe, is our biggest tool to, to connect us with God. It is our biggest resource to connect us in the physical to the eternal and the spiritual. And it is God himself living within us. And it would only benefit us to begin to get to know him more. Would you bow your heads and join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you've given us. God, we thank you for the opportunity we have to be here today to get to know you more, to get to know your spirit more. Father, I pray that as we go through our week, would you remind us, Holy Spirit, would you remind us of truth? Would you remind us of the words of Jesus? Would you remind us of the healing, powerful grace that is given from you? Would you remind us that there is no fear in you? That should we feel fear, it's a lie. And that we have nothing to fear in you. Would you bring us comfort? Would you remind us in our moment of agony or pain that you're our advocate? The Bible says that in the times we don't even know what to pray for, the Holy Spirit is there praying on our behalf. Would we be comforted by that? Would we be reminded by that? And we we learn to live in the truth of all that you've given us in the Holy Spirit. We pray this all in the powerful name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.